Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast, a resource for inspiration and encouragement while you're on your path to purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is hosted by Wakia Hayward, that's me, and Barbara Wade, two middle-aged sisters who are passionate about having honest, open conversations with each other and special guests about faith, transparency, and living a life of purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is rooted in the Christian faith, and we believe that we are all made for a reason and with intention. However, it's up to us to pursue our purpose. By exploring the four foundational pillars of DARE, which are decisions, actions, results, and evaluations, we're hoping that women will be motivated to actively pursue their own purpose journeys. Join us as we learn together that it's never too late to be great. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Data Pivot Podcast. My name is Wakia, and I'm one of your hosts. And this is Barbara Wade. Yay. And today, our special guest is Michelle Malone. So, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Yeah. So, you know what? Um, we was just talking about this a little bit just a while ago, and I was sharing with everybody that Michelle is a referral from us from our friend Yvonne. And Yvonne had the podcast, ladies, um, Kill the Busy, Save the Beast. Remember that book we talked about? So Michelle is one of her good friends, and so we wanted to bring her on so she could share some goodness with us. Y'all know phenomenal ladies, know phenomenal, phenomenal ladies. So Michelle, tell us your story. Oh my goodness. Where do I start? <laughs> the beginning, the middle of the end. Uh, the well, juiciest, starting the juiciest. The ju- oh, wow. <laughs> well, in the middle of the Persian Gulf in 1990, <laughs> I probably shouldn't start there because that's not the middle. But just to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, I'm a Louisiana girl living in Maryland, and uh, I consider myself a storyteller. I love to string words together to tell a story and invite people in to hook them. And then I can share whatever it is that God has given me to share with them. Uh, One of my gifts is storytelling. So that's what usually invites people in and makes them feel comfortable. Uh, In Louisiana, we call it that je ne sais quoi, that's something special. And so God has given me that that little piece, along with some other things to to help the women of God and their families to be all that they can be. Uh, In my life, I have served as an educator. I'm a master teacher, uh, a school leader in a large middle school. I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force, and I'm a certified life breakthrough coach. And so I use every single skill, every single experience that God has given me, and I've built or he has built the foundation and I've just kind of laid some pieces on top of it. And each one of those, those gifts and those skills I use to serve uh, God's people mm-hmm. in various ways. So that's, that's the, the, the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And then the experiences that go along with that sometimes are uh, surprising for me and for people who don't know me when I share things about like I, what I started with serving in the Persian Gulf War a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so like when I got, when we read your bio and I love how you um, came in and said that she was a storyteller, like that is my mm-hmm. favorite thing is to tell stories. So tell me, what does that look like for you? And like, how'd you know you had this special gift and how do you harness this superpower? Oh my goodness. It's so funny. I've been telling stories since I was a little kid. 
And my mother said that she knew I was either going to be an educator or an entrepreneur or a, a fusion of both. And hmm. she said that I would even have audiences. I would call the family into the room to say, oh, I got to tell you something. I got a story to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I was my mother's only child, but lots of cousins, lots of aunts and, and, and uncles. And mm-hmm. so they were there for it. They were the audience, the original audience. And so sometimes it was a real story. Sometimes it was made up. It just kind of depended. But they knew that there was something special about that little girl. Mm-hmm. And in my community, small town in Louisiana, I was able to go from porch to porch to porch. And I believe that those porches were my original podiums. Mm -hmm. And so being able to sit on the porch with the elders in the community and hold conversations about whatever, I think that their conversations, you know, back and forth with me just kind of infused me with some wisdom. You know, I know you've met a kid or a a young person who you said is an old soul before. Mm -hmm. Well, that was me as a little kid. They said, this one has been here before. She's an old soul. (laughs) And so, you know, you take that with you and you take it on the journey and you realize after a while that, you know, I thought I'm, I'm like E.F. Hutton sometimes when, when I speak, people listen. Mm-hmm. Now for the young folks in your audience, they have no idea who E.F. Hutton is, but for those of us in our fifties, maybe we know mm-hmm. there was a commercial about this company and it says when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. And mm-hmm. I think there's it can be used for good. It could be used mm-hmm. for evil as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I use it or I harness that superpower, especially in large groups. Um, one of my large groups that I speak to every single day is my middle school uh, seventh grade group. It's 500 kids. Mm-hmm. And I get to talk to them in the cafeteria every day. And one thing that my, my supervisor shared with me is like, I love your closure. And I said, tell me about that. He said, it's like, this is your classroom of 500 kids. And every single day you give them one signal, which is a hand up. And once they see the hand up, everybody gets their hand up and their mouths are closed. That's an expectation that I set for them. And they know at that time, Mrs. Malone is about to share some nuggets with them. So some glows and some grows. These are the things that we are doing so well. This cafe is spick and span. I love it. Keep up the good work. Here are the grows. We got to get quieter faster. <laughs> and, and they get it. You know, nobody could do that but a master teacher. Hmm. Nobody could get 500 plus middle schoolers quiet during their unstructured time, a cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. Other than a master teacher with a story to tell. Am I right mm-hmm. or am I right? I agree. Yes, honey. <laughs> yes. Listen. Look, you and a pastor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Some glows and some grows. Awesome. I love that. I that love that. That, that, mm-hmm. that feels so good. It feels good. Like, you know, even though you're about to bring the pain, you sort of try to, you know, honey it up a little bit first to get us all psyched. Like, we doing good. And then you're like, yeah, but um, I'm going to need y'all to shut it down a little quick. Quick. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. 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 Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, is that original? Glows and grows. Did no, you come it's up not. with that? You know, teachers steal from each other all the time. Okay. So I got okay. it somewhere. I love it. I love yeah. it. It rhymes. So right. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's the main way that I harness that superpower. But you can use it anywhere. You know, it's not meant for just a large crowd. It could be, you know, a group of women. 
You know, we like to talk and there's all, there's got to be a way to shut it down so that, you know, we can move on to whatever needs to be said. So figure out, figure out what your quiet signal is. That's what I tell teachers all the time. You got to have a quiet signal. Otherwise, oh, nobody's it. ever going to get to hear what you have to say. Right. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was also looking at your bio and you was talking about how you was a visionary, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're, mm-hmm. we literally had someone on the podcast, I think a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, and she was also talking about a visionary. So obviously this must be the year for that. So mm-hmm. tell me, what does that look like for you? What does that mean to you and how do you use it and all those things? Thank you. Good, good, good questions. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start from the very beginning and then jump right into what's really important. Knowing that you're a visionary has to come from Number one, within, knowing that you see things that others may not see. Sometimes it's visually. You can see things in pictures. And sometimes it's just a prompting, like from the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, man, I I see the same thing as somebody else, but my perspective is a little different. And so I learned that long ago. But sometimes people will tell you, man, I never would have thought about it that way. And over time, that becomes a pattern. You know, mm-hmm. that becomes the narrative and you're like, well, there must be something to this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have another gift of mine is discernment. Mm-hmm. And the discernment is very, very um, it's changed over the years. It used to be I would see things in pictures, but now it's 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 a little different and it's going to sound a little quirky, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. The way the Lord speaks to me a lot of times is in pictures, but um, also a repetition of hearts. I see hearts a lot. And it doesn't matter when I'm not even looking for them, I will see them. I take pictures of it and I I have a little album on my phone with all the different hearts that I've seen just this year. Uh, One is um, a potato that was harvested at a farm that my girlfriend sent me and it's in the shape of a heart. So it's two potatoes that, that, that tried to separate but they didn't and it looks exactly like a heart. I was eating eggs one morning and I looked down and the scrambled egg, there was a little heart. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't make it that way. Uh, the other day there, there was some ice um, melting in my driveway. And as I pulled up, I looked down, it's in the shape of a heart. So it's always that repetitive mm-hmm. piece, but not just that. Those are just reminders for me. That the Lord is saying, hey, I love you. I see you. I know what's going mm-hmm. on right now. Things are mm-hmm. hard. However, mm-hmm. I am looking at you. I have my eyes on you. You have not left my my view, my vision, my attention. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, in my coaching, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit, whenever people give me a situation or a problem, I see the obstacles they're talking about, but they always seem little to me. And I'm like, you know what? We can either bust right through that. We can go around it. We can go under it. We can go over it. We got options, you know, but there's always a way to the other side. And what I help them to do with the storytelling is things like, uh, and Barbara, I'm just going to use you as an example. Let's just say mm-hmm. Barbara wants to start a new business, but she's stuck in this one area of how do I execute? How do I execute? Or how do I invade this particular market because it's already saturated? I'm like, you know what? First thing I want you to do is close your eyes and I want you to dream. I want you to dream without limits. I don't want you to think about what Barbara can do. I want you to think of, if money was not an option, if time was not an option, if age was not an option, if haters were not a, a, you know, part of the equation, what do you think you could do or what do you think would happen? And when you start to take off all those barriers, take away all those restraints, then you can freely dream 
and mm-hmm. realize that if I can conceive it, God might allow me to receive it as well. And mm-hmm. so I start to paint a picture for, for uh, clients and for anybody. I don't always take p- paying clients. Sometimes I just talk to people about their dreams and say, hey, have you ever considered? And then I, I help them to see the person or the persons on the other side of this dream and this vision. And so if you have this gift or this product or this service that you want to give to the world for whatever purpose, you have to try to visualize who's on the other side that's going to buy it, who's going to want it, who's going to you know, do whatever they have to do to get it. And once you start to paint that picture of what those people look like and how it will affect them and their children and their household and their community and their nation and their world, you've just given them like sight to the blind man basically is what you've done. And so that's a gift that I have and I like to use it. I want to see people see further and, uh, and move closer to what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So I had a question that uh, came into my mind as you started talking. How do you distinguish between vision and wisdom? Because you mentioned wisdom earlier mm-hmm. and vision sounds more um uh i don't want to use the word use a word to describe a word <laughs> but um vision comes with pictures and um so i guess i'll just leave it that leave it at that question distinguishing mm-hmm. between vision and wisdom okay well i believe they're distinctly different Mm-hmm. Vision is honestly what you can see and those things that you can't see, but with God's help, you might be able to manifest, right? Okay. It's things that are future driven. Okay. Whereas wis- wisdom is something that comes directly for, from God and you have access to it. You have to ask for it, you know, the divine wisdom. Now, is there wisdom that comes from experience? Absolutely. But it's also limited, just like our, our physical vision. We can only see so far. If you're driving in a car and you see the sign up ahead, until you get closer to it, you can't really read that sign, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's limited. Your, your natural vision is limited. But mm-hmm. when you start to dream and you start to think about it and you start to pray about it, God will reveal some things to you that you didn't see yesterday because now you're curious you're engaging the divine, the creator who has mm-hmm. the vision in his hand. And so you're getting closer to it, like you're driving closer to that sign. So the more you engage God on what it is that you have in mind, the more he will reveal. It's a reciprocal relationship. It's like getting closer. It's like hearing a secret from somebody. Uh, you got to get closer if you want to yeah. hear the secret. You know, uh, sometimes we do this, we put our hand next to our ear because we can't hear. Well, sometimes proximity brings the purpose. Proximity brings you closer to the vision. Proximity Mm -hmm. brings you closer to the secret. Proximity Mm -hmm. brings you closer to the revelation. So Mm -hmm. you got to get closer. You definitely Mm -hmm. have to get closer. And asking for divine wisdom, that's simple. All you have to do is ask for it. But the natural wisdom that we get as a result of experiencing things and of living longer, um, you know, that, that too is limited though. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? I, yeah. I love that. It was something you said to me that was a trigger for me when you said that you have to be curious, right? Sometimes you just got to want to know, right? Most people just don't even, you know, you just go through your life and you don't even think about asking the question like, huh, 
why is that? You know what I'm saying? Because you got so much other stuff going on in your life. You're yeah. like, listen, I don't want to know about nothing else. It ain't, got, it ain't even my business. But some of it is just literally just getting curious enough to even think about if you removed all the constraints, what would this life look like? Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. We don't know how to do that. Exactly. And that's the one thing that I love about little kids. If you've not yes. spent any time with little kids, please do yourself a favor and do that. They have no restraints or anything to encumber their little imaginations at all. And that's who you want to talk to when you're vision casting because they don't see the obstacles at all. We're the ones who say, oh, watch out for that boulder. Oh, watch out for that snake. Oh, watch out for that spider. And we, we pass on that fear to the, the little guys. And if we're not careful, they will be in a box the rest of their lives. And nobody wants to be trapped in a box or a cell for the rest of their lives because they're afraid of what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so uh, oftentimes that is what happens to us as adults. We've heard our parents say, oh, you don't want to do that because X, Y, and Z. Or a friend say, oh, you don't want to do that because this is what's going to happen. So what if it doesn't happen? Maybe it happened to them or maybe it happened to somebody else, but maybe that's not your path. Right. And so oftentimes we're afraid of things that are not even going to happen to us. We're afraid because somebody else told us to be afraid. Right. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, de- I definitely think that it's definitely so true. And you're right. There's something beautiful about children, right? They just run and jump. They don't care if you're ready to catch them. They don't care. They, they feel like you will figure it out while we're in the air. You're going to figure it out. And I just think that is just such a phenomenal thing. And you're right. As we get older, we just don't really think about it like that. So we don't even, you know, ask the question. I remember I had uh, traveled cross country with my sister and my sister's, uh, she's, I think she's like 30, 31 now, but we travel cross country and we were just talking and she was saying how curious she was. She was like, you know, I just see something. And I'm just always like, what is that? What is this? And I was like, she's like, you don't do that. I was like, no, nah, I don't even care. Like, I don't even, <laughs> like, I'm riding. I don't even think to be like, huh, what is that? Or like, you know, uh-huh. you're driving cross country and normally you think you're going to stop and do all this touring and do all these things. And I was like, nope, we going to this next state. We got to be there by eight. We got, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, no, how about we just try to do, you know, try to, see a couple of things you know and so it got to the point where we would play like this little thing whereas um well I start challenging myself to ask like five questions about every little thing I seen right just to try Mm -hmm. to get me to a place um where I was just more curious about stuff because if you're not Mm -hmm. you sort of miss all those great opportunities to see the vision Mm -hmm. right and the joy is the adventure truth that's that's the joy the adventure that's where the memories are created you know, it's not in that, okay, I got to be practical. I know I got to be there by a certain time. Yeah, you do. You got to schedule. You know, you can't be all willy-nilly with your, your agenda or you'll never get there, you know, but that's why it's important to have a vision in everything, not just with your career, your business and so on. But what key, if you're traveling with your sister again, you're like, okay, this is the vision I have for it. And then your sister might say, well, this is the vision I have for it. And then you meet somewhere in the middle and then you can go forward together. There's a a scripture in Amos, it's Amos three and three. Now I had never read Amos before until I saw this this scripture. Uh, And it said, can two walk unless they agree? Another translation is something like this, is loose, a loose translation is, can two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And so if you marinate, you let that marinate a little bit, you just Mm -hmm. sit in that area for a little bit, sit in that little stew of, can we? 
you know, that's curiosity and that's scriptural. It's like, can two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Well, the answer is no, because they are going to go their separate ways. So if they decide or they agree to walk together, that means that they have a vision. And their vision means that they have to work together, walk together, collaborate, et cetera. Same thing for a marriage or any other relationship. Can, you, can two people get married unless they've agreed to do so? Can they live a life of, um, of bliss, of collaboration, of help, of whatever, of, of purpose, unless mm -hmm. they've agreed to do so? And I find that oftentimes when couples struggle is because they have not agreed to do something a certain way. Right. And so we shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, after the huge ceremony and the, you know, the party and, you know, the favors and all that stuff. And then when it's time to get into the house together and do the work, we can't do the work well or with decency and, and, um, and order because we have not agreed to do so. Totally agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that, you know, right now, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, you, um, the importance of vision. And I know that's like what you coach on. Why is that the specialty that you decide to land on? Honestly, I didn't always coach on vision. I used to just, you know, say I'm coaching women. I want to see women soar. And, you know, that's not, that's not specific enough. Right. Because um, you can coach men too uh, on whatever. But you have to have a purpose behind it. You have to know why you are coaching on that. Part of it, number one, was because I knew, I recognized a few years ago that I see things very differently than, you know, the average person. Now, other coaches have other superpowers that I don't have. True. Uh, you know, they know how to drill down better than I drill down. But I listen. I ask the question, just like you. I know you're a coach as well. But scripture tells me that everything starts with a vision and it's very specific it's in proverbs uh, 29 it says without a vision the people perish now without a vision people are going to perish now it might mean you it might be people in your sphere of influence it might be people on the other side of this vision that you have who will never get the benefit of what you have in your hand you know, even God said to Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? And he had a staff in his hand and he told him what to do with that, hand, with his hand. Same thing with us. Oftentimes we're out there looking for and striving for things. And we already have whatever we need in our hands to do the work that we were sent here to do. And we, we despise those little things because to us, they don't look like much. But to other people, they're like, man, other people are usually sometimes a little envious of whatever that gift is that you have because they want it and they become covetous. They want what you have and you're here despising what you consider not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It's something that God has given you specifically Absolutely. put in your hand to use for the kingdom and you might be squandering it. You might be despising it, as I said earlier, but it's necessary. For those people on the other side who are going to likely perish as a result of you not getting over there. Mm -hmm. Perish doesn't have to mean they die. It can mean that they are neglected in a sense, or they don't get all the nourishment and the joy that they are the sustenance 
that was intended for them because mm -hmm. you have kept your hand closed or sat on your hands or folded your arms. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I think about that. I, you know, just because of the fact, like I said, we did have someone on a podcast earlier who's also was a visionary. So I've been thinking about that word a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, projecting those things into the future and trying to manifest those things into your life. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, and really, you know, um, you know, what is it? Not just naming it and claiming it, but really going after it and picturing it in real life. Right. Mm -hmm. Actually seeing it right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. There's something so powerful about, um, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing the 20 pounds already gone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, yes. it, it sort of motivates you more to get up and move versus okay. not seeing that, you know what I'm saying? And I think that right there is just so powerful because the mind, the subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't mm -hmm. know the difference. Like just, you know, it just, it doesn't know the difference. Your conscious mind obviously will know, but your subconscious mind doesn't understand that this is just a vision, right? That you, mm -hmm. you making it all up. Mm -hmm. So to push forward to that and actually see that in your, in, in that space is just a huge thing. And I think um, if more women or just people in general really would just get to a place where they can actually see that best life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think one of my scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures is I'm confident that I will see the goodness in the Lord while in the land of the living. Oh, you know what man. I'm saying? So like, I need to see that here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right now mm -hmm. versus anything else you know mm -hmm. I ain't got to wait on it and I think that to me is so power, powerful about just being a visionary mm -hmm. well so part of being a visionary is writing down that vision because one thing about us one thing about the human mind is that unless it's photographic it's going to forget something mm -hmm. and so writing the vision is as important as uh dreaming and, and knowing what the vision is, what it is that you want to see manifested. And of course, that's scriptural as well. Everything that I teach about, you know, because teaching is my superpower too. Right. Everything that I teach about, I bring it right back to scripture. I want people to take these, these verses, that, these truths, and sift or, or put, their, put their thoughts and ideas through a sieve, which is scripture. And one of them, one of my favorites that I teach with is Habakkuk 2 and 2. Another, another yes. uh, book of the Bible that I never would have read anything about until that came <laughs> out to me. I'm like, like really? Habakkuk? Mm -hmm. Amos? Who's mm -hmm. reading that stuff? Right. I'm sure some it? people are. <laughs> I just wasn't, right? But Habakkuk 2 and 2 just says to write, write it down, write the revelation down. Another translation mm -hmm. says, write down the vision and make it plain in big block letters mm -hmm. so that whoever sees it can run with it. Mm -hmm. And what that tells me is that the vision is not just for you. Yeah. It doesn't die with you. You know, you have to share this vision and, and get out of the, the worldly mindset of don't tell everybody everything because they're going to try to steal your ideas. Guess what? There are new, no new ideas. Say that. <laughs> there just aren't. There's nothing new under the sun. Somebody has thought about it. They've named it. They've claimed it. And now <laughs> here we are all these years later, and we're thinking about something that somebody else thought of, you know, that there are all sorts of witty inventions. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we write this down, that kind of cements it. I've written this down. Mm -hmm. It has two, it's a twofold purpose for writing it down. Number one, the idea of letting the vision go forward to get to that point. Cause you may not get to the full manifestation of that vision. You know, your vision will outlast you, outlive you. But if you don't share it with anybody, it dies. Somebody else in the family, family line might see that vision because you haven't shared it to them. 
shared it with them. They find it in the Bible, find it in your, your, your final effects or whatever and said, oh, this is a wonderful idea. I would love to bring this to the family. And then that person can move it forward. But if you're sharing the vision that you've written down with your family members, they can co-own that and help you to get closer to the vision. And then, you know, when you're long gone, your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, nieces, nephews, all these folks can continue to push forward toward that vision. So that's the first reason why it's important. And the second reason, I thought I was gonna forget that second reason. The second reason that's really important is that if you ever get off track or get out of alignment with the vision for your life. And when I say out of alignment, that means doing something that God didn't have intended for you. Mm -hmm. He has you on this straight, narrow, well-lit path and you over here in the darkness because it seems like it's fun over there. And so before you know it, you're in this wilderness area and you're lost and you don't know how to make your way back. But the Holy Spirit will guide you back to that place. Whenever you feel that friction, something doesn't quite feel right, that means that you're out of alignment and you have to go back to the vision. That's the purpose of writing that vision down because you can always go back to it and say, ah, no wonder this didn't feel right. I'm not staying true to the vision. I'm doing some things that are outside um, the scope of what is planned for my life. And so that's a very, very good tangible reminder of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Not that over there. Yes. I love that. I love it. And you know, the thing about Habakkuk too, that I love is that when he had to write the vision down, things wasn't going right. It wasn't like things was right. The things wasn't perfect yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you write the vision down. Cause God is like, okay, I know something good is, you know, stand down everything's gonna be okay uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying in that moment so it doesn't have to be a perfect you don't have to be perfectly things don't have to be perfect right now right uh -huh. it's about casting that thing into the future so that you can see it and mm -hmm. you know not only to to um get you back on track but mm -hmm. also just to remind you that there there is a plan for you like there is something that you should be walking towards you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying like it's not over mm -hmm. keep moving forward yeah, absolutely. So I was writing your little points down if I can remember yeah. them later. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> in my life, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean, I just think that that's just such a um. Yeah, I, th I think vision right now. Is, I think that's like our little theme for this for this year because mm -hmm. I think this is just been something that keeps coming up over and oh, over. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Especially, especially, I guess after getting through the whole pandemic and getting through these last couple of years and everything, and people people lives have just been you know a series of ups and downs. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's so hard to get um, jaded and so discouraged, right? Mm -hmm. So to still be able to know to still know that things you you know, you can still live your best life. Like it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As long as you have air in your lungs, you still have an opportunity, Absolutely. you know? And yeah, things, terrible things are happening to good people all over the world, but sometimes it ain't you. You're not experiencing that. Exactly. So yes, feel for people, be empathetic, pray for people, all of the above. But if it's not happening to you, you have to continue on, on the track, Absolutely. right? You know, I remember when we were in the beginning of the pandemic, I was going through uh, what other people would say is a terrible, terrible time, but I really see it as, um, I'll be truth and, and, and completely transparent here. Um, my husband and I separated literally a week before everything shut down. Oh, goodness. Yes. Uh, but literally six months before that, uh, he told me he didn't want to work on our marriage. 
I, we'd come to the table and like I said, I'm being completely transparent here. We'd come to the table and, you know, I'm, I'm a planner and I'm optimistic about a lot of things. I have my notebooks and everything. I'm like, things are not good right now. So we need to work on it. You know, we've drifted apart. We're both doing good things for the kingdom, but we're going in separate directions. Less, I really think we need to get counseling, do X, Y, and Z. He agreed to think about it, pray about it, come back to the table in a week. Came to the table in a week. I had my planners. I had my resources, all the people I had reached out to, Christian counselors, you name it. And in the first 25 seconds of the conversation, he said, I think it's going to be too hard. I think it's going to be too hard to start all over. Oh, wow. And my face got so hot. I didn't know if I was going to spontaneously combust or have a stroke. But neither one of those were good and they were not options, you know, because mm. I had to find a way to pull myself up from that table. 35 seconds into a conversation. Truth of the matter, I wanted it to end too, but I had to do everything that I could do, at least give it one more Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. And we left that table as friends, but the next six months were quiet, very quiet. And what I did is I had a vision for leaving. And so every Tuesday and Wednesday night, I would go into the garage, I would unpack a box. I'd go through every single aspect of that box and put them in three piles, give away, throw away, pack away. Those were the three piles. Pack away was coming with me and it was a small pile. And after about three or four months, the entire garage was clean. Things were on one side for my husband, and then things were on one side for me so that they were close to the door so that I could leave. Meanwhile, the next three months, I was upstairs in the house doing the same thing in every single room. And my goal was to leave things in better condition than it was when we got there. And in six months, exactly six months, uh, almost to the day, I closed on my home. Um, a community that wasn't even built at the time that he said he didn't want to work on the marriage. Just so happens one day at my realtor and I were talking, he said, you know what? That looks like a new community being built. I'm like, you think? No way. That's all like woods. We drove around and sure enough, this community was being built very tiny, tucked away. And I said, I think this is it. Hmm. And I happened to have my checkbook that day. And I wrote a check. I never had my checkbook. And if I had it, I never had no checks in it. Right. <laughs> and that day, right. that day I had a check. <laughs> and that's, and, and my life started all over um, March 6th, 2020. And so new chapter. Wow. But I, and I think that's just so important. Then like, so when you somebody just having a vision, you was working it as you was, as you was going through it, right. Keeping yourself focused. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew to do. I knew how to plan. I knew how to say, this is where I am. This is where I need to be. And I knew how to work incrementally to get there. That was part of my therapy for myself. Uh, and, and I sought real therapy, you know, uh, pastoral counseling, you name it, life after divorce class, everything that I could do to get to the other side whole because my heart was in pieces, but I still had to function. Mm -hmm. I still had to go to work. I was now, you know, after 11, 12 years was on my own and uh, everything was different. 
And so when the world shut down, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because I was here alone, me and the Lord. I dedicated this house to him. I said, this is holy ground and I know beautiful things are going to happen here. And there's not been one day where I have let circumstances overcome or overshadow the goodness of God. It's been a beautiful time. Uh, I'm stronger, um, more humble, uh, more appreciative of every single second now. Uh, And I'm a different woman. I feel like I was just uh, exonerated and and released from prison. Mm. That's how I feel. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was unexpected. I wasn't expecting that one. So look at how these little questions round up and you came this way. So I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me go back and rethink about what we're doing here. But I, just, yes. I, I think that that is just so fantastic. One, you know, to have a, a situation like that happen and then still be able to see the victory on the other side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that it wasn't, you know, it was hard, you know, going through the, all the craziness. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all had those moments where it's just, you know, life shaking. Mm-hmm. And I think I always say like a, a faith shaking moment. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You have an mm-hmm. option, which you going to choose. Yeah. Choose better. Right. Choose those are your better. options. Think, think, yeah. think Mary and Martha. Yes. You know, I love that story so much. You know, like I said, I'm a storyteller, so I love stories too, mm-hmm. but to have, to have, uh, <laughs> Mary sitting at Jesus's feet and you got Martha in the kitchen cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Now nah, I made that part up. You know, that. <laughs> you know how we are when we cooking mm-hmm, Christmas mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, honey. Everything has to be just right. You got the stuffing, you got the, you got the, I'm from Louisiana. You got the dirty rice, you got the yams, you got mm-hmm. the, you know, the candied yams, you got the turkey, you got the ham, you got all this stuff, everything going. You got the potato salad. You know, it depends on who makes the potato salad, whether y'all going to eat that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But here's here's Martha doing all those things, making making sure she has enough for everything. And Mary appears to be lazy. She's just sitting there at Jesus's feet. Well, as you read the story, you know, in different translations, Martha is fussing at Jesus, basically saying, you know, tell Mary to come and help me. I got all this stuff to do to get ready for this meal. And he's like, Mary has chosen better. You know, she realizes that the main course is here already and mm-hmm. will not be here for long. Mm-hmm. While you're worried about, you know, preparations and making everything pretty and having enough of everything, but the main course is here mm-hmm. and you're missing out on that. So Mary has chosen better. And I believe that we always have the option. We always have at least two options. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, as we say. Right. And Neither of the options seems good, but you still have two options. And so you're forced to choose what's better. And you don't want to think about better in terms of a temporary thing. You want to think in terms of better uh, for an eternal yield, Hmm. an eternal yield. Hmm. I'm looking at your friend that joined you. (laughs) (laughs) That is my golden retriever, my constant buddy. Is, is, Come here, is, is he new? Oh, no. She, uh, she came as part of the divorce decree. She was on the agreement. I'm like, I get to keep Marley, my Aww. 12-year-old golden retriever. Aww. And she, we moved here together. And this, this is my girl. She's a great companion. She's 12. Look at that nose. Look at that face. <laughs> and, she, uh, looks like, she looks like she's saying, I missed you. Yeah, I'm yeah. just... I'm just coming over here because I miss you. 
Yep. She was under the table, keeping me company, keeping my feet mm. warm. But she's like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm coming on camera. That's very sweet. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm so happy because of the fact that, you know, that I love stories where, you know, you have that dip and then you see the glory of a guy and he just can go back and restore mm-hmm. everything. Right. Mm. And that's always a, um, I always say you learn so much more on the bounce. You know oh, what I'm saying? Wow. Like you I learn like so much that. more on the bounce than anything else, right? And it, and it, and if you and if it bounces correctly, and if you really was paying attention, by the time you get back, you know, you 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 start going down, and you hit the ground, and you start coming back up. It's that area right there where you're on that way back up, and you sort of can really see how God has really worked mm-hmm. worked in your life and how He is so faithful. Yes, you know yes. what I'm saying. Yes. And I think out of out of everything, what I'm hearing from you is a testimony of God's faithfulness. Always, mm-hmm. always. You can see him in everything, even oh, the yeah. littlest oh, things. Oh my God. Do y'all know that song by C.C. Winans? It's called The Goodness of God. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh yes. my God. Well, the other day I heard another version of it by Bethel Music. Hmm. Y'all, I cried the ugliest cry. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think I could have an ugly Oprah cry like that. <laughs> But it was just so beautiful. And, you know, the acoustic uh, version of it is, is mm-hmm. almost as powerful as, you know, CeCe's version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just touches your heart and it takes you to a different place, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a vow of mine. I said, no matter what the situation is, I am not going to let the enemy take my praise. Amen. Not going to let the enemy steal my joy or my purpose. You know, I heard just today that there, and, and, and I knew this, but I hadn't heard it in a long time, that there are, there are uh, the enemy has sent or assigned his minions specifically to keep you from your purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it like that, you're like, whoa, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it, 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 it manifests as laziness, slothfulness. Or um, uh, just apathy, mm-hmm. um, uh, procrastination, procrastination, all those things. Yeah, it's you. However, mm-hmm. the enemy has has folks assigned to you to say, yeah, give it a thing. Yeah, girl, you don't work hard today. You don't need to go ahead and watch Netflix for seven hours. You good. Mm-hmm. You good. Absolutely. And let's do it all over again tomorrow. Let's do it all over again tomorrow. Because <laughs> you've been so good at it. Yeah, so you're good. so good at it. And then feeding your ego. Yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. nothing is getting done. That vision, the people on the other side of that vision are perishing because you're not allowing them to get the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your gifts. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That just reminds me of a book. It's this book. I can't remember the guy. I think it's Napoleon Hill, but I think I know the book is called Outwitting the Devil. And it talks about that. It's an interview with the devil. It's a very old book. Uh, but it's called Outwitting the Devil, and it talks about that. And it talks, and, and pretty much it's this guy, he's interviewing the devil, and he's, and the devil is telling him all the different things that he uses to mm-hmm. keep you from your, keep you from, keep you from your purpose. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I'm going to do these different things to keep, wow. and he talks about the procrastination. He talks about the different things that he's going to do, um, and he says it's called, he have you drifting. You're just drifting. 
Wow. You're not doing anything. You're just drifting. And that's like the trick, right? Is that he wants you to drift. Because as long as you're drifting, you're not moving, you're not moving forward. Mm-hmm. You're not accomplishing anything God has really called you to do, you mm-hmm. know, and because, and, and and I think in the book, it talks about how, you know, you're doing all these things because that's also one of the things that society says is for you to do, like go yes. and binge 18 hours of Netflix, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you try right. to catch up on this show, but then you didn't yeah. write anything today. You're supposed to be writing this book. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It's, and it's like these things, it's all about trying to really prioritize and understand that there are things on this earth that we are called to do. Absolutely. And we got to get hot. Like that's Absolutely. the thing. Let's get hot. Like what are we I like that. You know, let's get hot. So, so, okay. So what are three things? I got a couple questions. I'm, I'm going to try to jump now because I want to make sure I capture this. So, you know, obviously I know that you, you know, you're a visionary, you're a creator. So what are you working on right now? What is the thing now that's about to come out? That's going to change the world that you're going to share with us. Let me tell you the thing that came out, uh, came out, uh, the summer after the pandemic. Um, it's pretty much done. I'm trying to finish it up now. It's called, it's a book and it's called the parenting playbook. And, um, (laughs) this is going to sound very bizarre, uh, but I know it was divine. I wrote it in two months over the summer because, you know, I got some time off in the summer or less time because the kids aren't in school. Um, even though I work year round. But I wrote it in two in two months, 10 chapters, real simple. And it's basically teaching parents the simple art of vision casting, not just for you, but for your entire family. You know, you you can you can say you want your kid to go to college, you want this, you go, you, you want that, you want them to have a good job, you want them to have a family. Well, everybody wants that, you know, but what's different about you and your family? And then how are you going to get them from point A to point B? And so I talk specifically about how to create a vision, uh, how to create the missions, which is what I call the experiences to get closer to the vision. Mm-hmm. And then all sorts of other things with basketball references. And I'm not a basketball player. My kids call me Hoops Malone at school, but that's only because I wear hoop earrings. <laughs> <laughs> and I've made them believe that I'm a baller. I'm like, I'm really not y'all. I really am not. I come from a family of basketball players. I played the piccolo. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just get that straight. But yeah, the parenting playbook, I really do believe is something that can be used in schools with school counselors. It can be used with PTOs. Uh, It could be a book club, uh, a book club book with parents. Um, Specifically, my target is moms of middlers and high schoolers I call them mamas because those are the tricky years that that Mm -hmm. middle school and high school oh my god you don't know those kids it's like did I really birth you no way no way but it's just some really practical tips and some ideas about consistency you got to be consistent with them and on the other side of that that tumultuous time period you're gonna see the fruit of your efforts on the other side, you're going to see that you have a stronger relationship, stronger connection to your kids, but it comes with consistency and having boundaries. And that's something a lot of times we're afraid to do is have boundaries because I want, I don't want my kid to hate me. Well, they're not going to hate you. You paying all the bills, you feeding them, you're closing them. They're not going to hate you. They might be upset for a little bit, but you know, anger is temporary. Mm -hmm. And so are the teenage years. They are temporary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like a great. And book. they come to appreciate it. Once they, they do. Get, once they get on the other side, and they become young adults. 
They appreciate it. They do. And then they replicate it. Everything that you taught them is what they will teach their children. So that's part of the vision. That's part of the vision going further and further and further. So it's necessary to parent properly. And I think that's a gift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the, the hard work you put in to create boundaries and to be consistent Mm-hmm. It's a gift and they realize that. And I think we realize that if we were um, blessed to have parents that um, provided those things for us, then mm-hmm. you recognize it and you're like, wow, I know it wasn't easy and each child is different. <laughs> so you find yourself creating a different workbook for each child, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then executing them all simultaneously while they're all in the home. So, mm. but it is a gift. And I think that's the reward of parenting is that you do get to see the fruits of your labor. Um, and, uh, so that's all, all a blessing. Mm. Talk about, talk about, so yeah, so that that's the the latest thing I've been working on, and and really just been trying to get more practical experience because I get to implement or execute. I love that you use the word execute, Barbara. Uh, <laughs> that's a word that's been on my wall for a little bit. Mm. Uh, I get to execute some of my own plans in real time to see if they actually work, and you know, mm. not just in theory. And actually met with a parent, two parents a couple of days ago, set up an appointment with them and they wanted to talk about their daughter's future. I'm like, your daughter in seventh grade. But they had, she had lofty goals for herself. And I'm like, well, there are ways to get there, you know, but you're still young and you have to figure out, you know, what's going to bring you some joy. It can't be about just the money and the prestige, you know, what's going to bring you some joy. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to do it well. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it well, and others are going to know that you don't enjoy what you do. Do you ever incorporate? Um, I, I believe that what you do and what you ultimately enjoy is God inspired and it's a God given gift. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself being, uh, being able to effectively articulate that for those that aren't believers? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, when you're a believer, you know the Lord and you see him as father and friend, people see that on you. You wear it. There's no way you could take it off even if you tried. Right. And, you know, and if you if you love the Lord the way, you know, most of us do, you're not going to try to take it off. It right. shines through whatever you're wearing. And so people will know that about you. It's like a, a brand or a tattoo. You're not going to mm-hmm. remove it easily. Right. And so um, I use it as I'm coaching teachers. When I go into classrooms and we talk about structures, I'm like, well, what's your vision for your classroom? What do you expect to see? You know, in a perfectly run, efficient classroom, what does it look like? And they tell me, I'm like, all right, well, how are we going to get there? You know, how do you get from point A to point B? And then I tell them, you know, everything starts with the vision. Well, I know that's biblical. I don't have to say, oh, girl, in Proverbs 29 and 18, the Bible says, mm Mm-hmm. I just speak mm-hmm. the language and mm-hmm. just because I'm speaking the language, it goes in their ears and then it resonates or it reverberates up there. And then before you know it, they're applying it. And before mm-hmm. you know it, it's a part of them and they don't even realize I am executing biblical principles in my classroom, whether I'm a believer or not. Mm-hmm. So that's how we invade and take over this world. That's how we execute God's plan. That's how we, we enlarge our territory. We speak mm-hmm. the goodness of God by any means necessary wherever mm-hmm. we go. 
And we don't have to tell folks, you know, this comes from the Bible. We know where it comes from. Right. We just have to be the messengers. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Look, I think that's something that we have to, we do every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, have to drop little word all the time. And then eventually people are like, oh, you'd be so wise. I'm like, mm, I got a whole book for this. I got a whole book yeah. of these. This yeah. wisdom. I'd be more than happy to share it with you. I mean, I got a whole book. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> just in case you're curious, this, this is no, this, none of my stuff is original. Let me just tell That's you. too funny. So, um, so are there, you know, obviously, you know, as, as we wrap this thing up, are, what, what do you want this audience to be left with? Like, what are some things that you want to make sure that they have to remember your podcast and they, what is that thing? What do you want the woman, the ladies to know? Number one, it's never too late to start vision casting. You know, a lot of times we make these, these resolutions at the beginning of the year, or we do a vision board party or something at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just did a little workshop and I said, no more resolutions and no more vision boards. They don't work. And that got people's attention. Now, do I, do I believe that completely? Of course not. That was just clickbait, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, you can start a vision. You can cast a vision today. It doesn't have right. to start on January 1 or right. December 31st. You know, resolutions, I believe, don't work. It's a good, having a good intention is all a resolution is. I'm intending to do this for myself. But there's no meat behind it. There's no no action, no catalyst or anything. I want to lose weight. I'm telling everybody on January 1st, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, by putting it out there, people are expecting you to lose weight. And mm-hmm. when you don't lose weight after a little while or they don't hear from you on social media, like, yeah, here we go again. Every year she has the same resolution. But a vision is different. A vision is that intention, that good intention with a little bit more meat and a little bit more fire, a little bit more right. bounce, as uh, Wakia said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are ways to get there. So mm-hmm. that's what I specialize in. I enjoy doing it. I like to see people making positive steps. I like to see people fall and then get right back up, you mm-hmm. know, because they now have tools to get back up and move. Uh, mm-hmm. It's important to fall. Because mm-hmm. then you start to get a little, a uh, little too big for your britches, thinking, "Yeah, I got this." You know, I'm all the way up. <laughs> all I do is win. That's what the world says. But you're gonna fall sometimes, and that's how we learn. Absolutely. And then you become innovative, and that's when those those witty inventions come up. You know, right. so uh, that's it. It's never too late to start vision casting. I don't care if you're 52 or 102. If you're still alive, you have uh, air in your lungs. God has you here for a reason. So use it. Use that time. Lovely. Definitely yeah. good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, I, and I agree with that completely because I don't even do the first of the year. I always say that my, my first of the year start my birthday year. So when everybody else is saying 2022, I'm like, this number 45. So yeah, what we doing for number 45? You know, so, you know, because for me, it's all about what I want to see. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it doesn't really matter when everybody else start. I can care less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, truth. You know, for so, me, mm-hmm. I, st- I like the beginning of a calendar month. Yes. It's something, honestly, it's something about seeing the first come around again. And I get 12 of those a year. <laughs> Are you, I mean, it's like, I like you, that. You a treat up for me. I'm yes. telling you, when I see, I love turning the page on. So I have a wall calendar. I like turning that page on that calendar. And I still have the month planned out the prior month. So it's not like I'm wasting time and I'm looking mm-hmm. so far ahead that I'm not living today. But it's something about the beginning of the month coming 
And I say, I got another chance to, you know, my, my workout plan. I can, I'm looking forward to being able to, to do that four days a week. This, you know, this month, the season changes. And that means either this drops off the calendar or something gets switched around. So I get excited about having this next month Mm-hmm. to do something a little bit differently mm-hmm. that is part of my vision, part of my plan. Mm-hmm. And it's just so exciting about having another month to either continue doing what I'm doing, maybe a little better, or mm-hmm. it's already good. So I can check that one off and just, I tell myself, stay stable, stable on that. Yeah. Don't stress about it. Stay stable. Now you can go work on the next thing. And I'm telling you 30 day cycles, that first of the month is so freaking exciting to me <laughs> I, like like, that. <laughs> I don't I don't I, I work hard not to carry you know guilt and stay in that place of you didn't do that well mm-hmm. it's a whole new opportunity to start that goal over and I put enough thought into it of how I think I'm what what isn't what I expected uh-huh. and what I can do to try to make it different wow. and um Honestly, I'm telling you, 30 days is like, well, and I know every month doesn't have 30 days, but it's that first day knowing I got the first day again (laughs) is just super exciting. That's a game changer. That's a game changer in terms of perspective. It really is. So you just you just open somebody's eyes. I I hope so. It's a a nugget. Listen, child, you open mine. Good job. Good job. (laughs) Start at home. Start at home, Barbara. Look, you ain't got to go nowhere. Stop right here with me. <laughs> That's hilarious. I would love it. Said, you opened mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been amazing. Well, thank so, you. Um, I've never heard vision uh, sound so positive. Um, everything you spoke of was about um, uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And it's just encouraging to have that perspective didn't spend a lot of time, well, it didn't spend any time lamenting. It was all about what you see in the future and the choices and decisions and options you have mm-hmm. to make that come to pass. So mm-hmm. that is extremely positive. And I thank you. You've, you've blessed me with that. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. That is my pleasure. That is my pleasure. Yes, ma'am. I, de- I definitely appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so that pretty much was, you know, what is it? Glows and grows and grows yeah i love it i love it it. (laughs) thank you so much michelle we appreciate you you're welcome you're welcome all right have a great day take care